You are tuned in to She's Crowned with Confidence with host Dr. Nicole Steele. This Power Pack podcast was designed to remind listeners of who and whose they are and to encourage, equip, and empower them to regain their confidence and reclaim their crown. Are you ready to fully embrace what makes you uniquely you? Gain clarity on what you were created to do and to show up in the world unapologetic and authentic through and through? Well, if so, then this podcast is for you. It's time to regain your confidence and reclaim your proverbial crown that was designed with you in mind. No longer second-guessing the greatness that lies within, but instead stepping all the way into it with newfound clarity, confidence, and courage. So, without further ado, it's time to adjust your crown and sit on down for another inspiring episode of She's Crowned with Confidence. Hey there, welcome to another episode of She's Crowned with Confidence. I'm your hostess, Dr. Nicole Steele, the Confidence Coach, bringing you another fabulous story of one of my sister friends. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of introducing our listening audience to a woman that I have had an opportunity to do life with for for quite a long time, but in different capacities. My guest today is Ms. Rhonda Spratt. I'm going to have her introduce herself. She is a multifaceted woman. She is a phenomenal mother, businesswoman, uh, and change maker with an incredible testimony. So welcome to the show, Ms. Rhonda. Welcome. Hi. Dr. Nicole, thanks for having me. Hello, audience. As Dr. Nicole said, my name is Rhonda Spratt. I am the single mother of a beautiful young daughter. Um, I'm the owner of Bella LeVegos Pink, Bella LeVay Events by Design. It's a boutique event planning company here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm also the founder of Bella LeVegos Pink, um, a nonprofit that I recently founded to honor the memory of my mom who lost her battle with metastatic breast cancer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Rhonda, for being a guest. And as you mentioned, you are the mother of a phenomenal young lady, one mm. that I have gotten to know personally. Mm. Your daughter, Kristen, has uh, grown up in Diamond in the Rough. She yes. is. Um, she has now graduated. She's an alum of Tuskegee, the Tuskegee mm. Institute, and going on to further, you know, her her endeavors, but I had a chance to meet you for the very first time as a mother who was entrusting the organization that I work with, Diamond in the Rough, to walk alongside you and your daughter. And so with this particular uh, podcast being focused on confidence, you know, I am a big believer that you know, confidence is a muscle that we got to work. Nobody ever arrives. There are different seasons in our lives where our crown of confidence can be compromised. And so I know as a mother, and I know that there are a lot of listeners out here who are raising daughters, myself included. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about 
one, why it was important to get your daughter involved in a program that could build her confidence, but also why it was important along your journey for you to model confidence for your daughter. Okay. Well, as you mentioned, um, at the time that we came and joined Diamonds in the Rough, uh, Kristen was in at fifth grade. I started to have issues with Kristen at school. She behavioral problems. I think a lot of it was attributed to perhaps her dad not being in the home, but I think a lot of it was also due to social media too and the pressures of of being a young girl and trying to figure out where she fit in the world. Um, I know specifically in sixth grade when she entered into middle school. She was still playing with baby life. She had a stroller. She had the whole crib, the whole doll. That first week after she went to middle school, she came home. She said, Ma, I don't want any of this. She was trying to give it all away. And she was wanting to wear makeup, lashes, weave. It just switched just like that. And so I started having issues in sixth grade. I think that's when girls are most prone to start. They start questioning themselves and they're not sure who they are. And I could see that Kristen, you know, had started. She had a big lack of self-esteem. So I live here in Atlanta by myself. Most of my family is in Oklahoma City. So I didn't have a support system that I needed to help me raise Kristen. So I started searching for a mentor program. I searched high and low. And I had been told about Diamonds in the Rough several years prior, but I just wasn't sure what a mentor program was. And I, didn't, I thought mentor program was for bad girls. And I didn't see Kristen as being a bad girl. <laughs> and so, but anyway, so I knew about Diamonds in the Rough. So I eventually took a, took a chance on Diamonds in the Rough, came, brought Kristen, and the rest is history. It was just, she needed to be, she needed a village around her other than myself. She needed others to tell her the same thing that I had been telling her. And since she's the only child, she needed to be surrounded by other young girls who were experiencing the same things that she was experiencing. And so as her self-esteem started to, grow the you know the changes the behavior problems that i was having with her they eventually start to fade away not immediately not immediately but over time <laughs> she, she became very <laughs> the diamond in the rough became right <laughs> yes i remember the journey and to see her now uh thinking about when she first came in you know like many just you know rough all of us are rough, rough. around the edges, but I remember, rough, rough. <laughs> I remember the resistance that she had to all of it. She wasn't trying to hear any of it, but now fast forward to see how she really settled in, found her voice, and now is using her voice in incredible oh, yeah. ways. It yeah. is a testi testimony to you as her mom, because, you. Um, you know, when we are raising kids, whether we're raising them as single parents or in dual households, we are not meant to do life alone. Yeah. And that whole proverbial concept of a village, it, it being a village that needs to raise a child is so true. And so kudos to you and to all the others. And I appreciate the fact that you spoke about the misconception that you had, that many people have, yeah. that mentoring programs are just for those that are at risk or those that are on the edge. But all of us need mentors, adults included. We all need mentors in our life. So, so kudos to you for taking the step and, um, and signing her up. Yeah. So, and I, I, I like I like to add too that I was I was actually even though I was bringing Kristen there to be mentored, I eventually became mentored by you guys also, based on the different 
parent workshops that you guys offer. So I was able to become even a better mother and was able to communicate with her. You know, you guys did the love language seminar. So I was able to identify, you know, what my daughter's love language was, which I, I was already doing those things, but I didn't realize, you know, there's a love language involved there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to speak to that, that as we saw Kristen grow, we saw you grow in, in as a mother, you know, it's yeah. something about being in spaces and, and the power of community, you know, yeah. I'm not, not to say that Diamond in the Rough was the only positive force in you and your daughter's life, but there's mm -hmm. something about being in spaces where you learn that it's not just you, that you're not just going through this or experiencing this or I didn't know this, you know, even yeah. for myself as the director of Diamond in the Rough, I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still becoming a better parent because we never, ever arrive. So kudos, kudos to you. I'm sure if I was to have uh, your daughter on the show and I was to ask her to give me um, the, you know, a, the image of somebody who she feels exudes confidence or who has been kind of a confidence role model to her i have no doubt hands down you would be the first one on her list thank because you. you you do a phenomenal job and you you know you're you're leading by example and that's all kids need you know they're not looking for perfect parents they're looking for real parents uh pe parents that are transparent uh, but parents that are willing to grow the same way that we're trying to push them to grow. So yeah, yeah <laughs> kudos you. to you. So I know you said that you moved here from uh, is it Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that because that had to take a lot of courage and confidence to. It, it take like a lot of courage. <laughs> I um I came to visit Atlanta. Back in 92 was when Freaknik was like the all the rain. <laughs> Don't tell nobody. Yeah, I did. I came here. For, but I it was on an accident. I was actually trying to go to Florida, but all the flights were booked. And so we had to fly into Atlanta, rent a car and drive to Florida. It just so happened to be the weekend of Freaknik. And so <laughs> I, had, I had never seen so many black people in one spot. <laughs> And so I saw a lot of, you know, prosperous black people doing positive things here and I wanted to move here. So I ended up moving back two years later. Wow. And uh, I was 23. Yeah, I was 23 years old. There was a lot of naysayers in my family. They didn't think it was a wise idea because I didn't have a job. I didn't know, have, didn't really know what I was going to do, but I was a risk taker. Mm -hmm. um, my mother and father were very supportive of me. It's like, you can't make it, you know, come back. You can right. always come back home. Um, but like I said, I had a couple of family members to say, oh, sh six months top should be back. So mm -hmm. I'm proud to say I've been in Atlanta over 30 plus years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I took, I took a chance on myself. And, and as I look back on that, as you mentioned, I had to be confident. I didn't realize I was being confident, mm -hmm. but that was a big risk that I took coming here yeah. with no job and just willing to make, make it on my own. And so that's what I did. And no looking back. Well, good no for you. Back. Good for you. You sound a lot like me being a native of Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's where I was born and raised. I uh, went to school in Alabama. I came to Georgia and thought about going to school here, but I knew it was too many distractions. I, I knew I could not. I knew myself enough to say that's not a good idea. 
but I went to the neighboring state over to, uh, in Alabama, but I too moved here right after graduation, literally the day after graduation in mm-hmm. faith, because I knew Atlanta was the place for me. And so, yeah. yeah. So now let's, let's fast forward a little bit. So you said that you've been here in Atlanta for um, over 30 years, 30 years now. And a lot has transpired in that time. So let's talk for a moment about different seasons of your life where your crown of confidence, which I'm a firm believer, that's the whole purpose of this podcast. I'm a firm believer that um, as daughters of the king, we all are presented with this crown of confidence, with a clear understanding of who and whose we are, but the circumstances of life can compromise this crown, and it is our crown being confiscated by, you know, life circumstances, or us showing up in the world with crooked crowns, so many things can take place. So when you think about these last 30 years or so that you've been in Atlanta, what are some moments during your journey where your crown was compromised? Yeah. When I look back, one thing I didn't mention, I'm a recent empty nester. I think you kind of mentioned it. So now that my, my focus is not totally on my daughter like it was before, I've been able to reflect more on my friendships, the people that I've been surrounded by. And when I look back over the past 30 years, some of the people that I thought would still be in my life to this day are no longer there. It's like I've gone through a series of cycles of friendships. Mm. And what I realized is I was holding on to a lot of stagnant, toxic, old relationships from back home because I wanted, I guess I wanted that sense of familiarity or, and I'm loyal to a default. So I, I wanted to remain loyal, but I had outgrown some of those friendships. Like, you know, me taking the leap of faith moving here. Some of them couldn't understand why I w- want to leave my home and come to a state where I knew no one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not that I thought that I was better, but my mindset was just constantly shifting and I could no longer have, you know, basic conversations with people. And, and not only friendships, even people within my family, cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some there's some cousins and I've had to learn how to set boundaries. Not only within my friendships and my relationships, but within my family. And I think what's been most hurtful is the boundaries that I've had to set with my family members. And because you taught, you don't cut family members off, but if they're toxic and they're a hindrance to my, my growth and my daughter's growth, I've had to, I've had to cut some family members off. Yeah. And that's a hard thing, but it's a necessary thing. It is. You know, we, we get to pick our friends, but obviously we don't get to pick our family, but we need to have those moments in time where we're very honest with ourselves and to ask ourselves, and, and you talk about it, the boundaries are necessary. Yeah. You know, just because you're related to somebody doesn't mean that they have carte blanche to just <laughs> treat you any kind of way or, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I I was um I have a family member, former family member who I should say former family <laughs> member. Listen, their life was like this, and I was like, listen, I don't like roller coasters, so I'm not riding. I'm gonna yeah, get on this roller coaster. <laughs> <Deuces>. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it 
it's a, it's a really hard thing. And then when you talk about your friendships, you know, that old saying, uh, people come into your life for a reason, a season, mm -hmm. or a lifetime. It is so important for us to be constantly assessing those people in constantly. our in our lives. And huh? I, I, yeah, you you need to do an audit of your the people in your phone, the people that yeah. you know that circle of influence, because um, there are some times where people will allow people in our lives beyond the season that God intended. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person for knowing what season you're in. But everybody doesn't want to grow. And everybody's not going where you're going. Exactly. And it's okay. You yeah. know, so yeah. good, good for you. So in those moments where you had to make those hard choices and set up those boundaries, how were you able to do that and without losing your mind? Um, it's funny. I was watching the last interview that Oprah did with uh, Michelle Obama. She called it a slow ghost. Slow ghost. Oh, you know, and that's I had been doing that. Not real. I would like not answer the phone or not respond. So I was slow ghosting people. Okay. Some people I couldn't slow ghost. They were still calling and trying. And I just had to do. Hey, look, we're, we're not on the same path. And mm -hmm. I've enjoyed our time together, but yeah. I just can't, you know. And that, that was a grieving process. I don't want to make it sound like it was easy. Mm -hmm. um, there was a friend I had known for a very long time. And I had just basically outgrown her. She still wanted to talk about things I did back in the 90s. I'm not still that person. Exactly. And she was okay as long as I stayed where I was and, and didn't, you know, challenge myself to do anything different, whatever that was, losing weight, buying a house, mm -hmm. moving. But as soon as I challenged that, it was an issue with her. and She would give me backhanded compliments. And I had to, I had to make the hard decision to walk away and let her go. Yes. And, um, you know, and in that I'm teaching my daughter too, when someone is heavy, when they're, they're energy vampire, that, that is not your friend. You don't need them in your life. They're distracting you from your purpose. And what I should have been focused on, I was too busy caught up in these toxic friendships. <laughs> so I had to let it go. Yeah. You got to protect your peace by all by any means necessary. You really yeah. do. And sometimes, um, because obviously working with girls and working with ladies, you know, on the other side of the house, I know you talk about the loyalty, you know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes it's that loyalty that can trip us up or the guilt trip that people put on us. Oh, you think yeah. you're better? Oh, so yeah. you think, oh, so, you know, uh, <laughs> talk to yeah. the hand. I don't yeah, remember who you said. Go to the hand. <laughs> yeah. Really, because at the end of the day, we we're responsible for us. You know yeah. what I mean? And if and and it's not that you know people can't grow in this way and that way, but if people are stagnant in 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 their lives and they're pulling you down, like you said, with the backhanded compliments, with the you know, making you feel some kind of way and second guessing yourself, you've yeah. got to choose you without yeah. apology. And yeah. it is a painful process and it can be almost like a grieving, a mourning process, it is. but you're so much better for it. So let me ask this, because this is a, one of the things that I think um, stomp people from making those hard decisions. They're like, yeah. well, if I let go of them, I'll just be by myself. And I Ooh, yes. 
So what was that like for you? <laughs> what was that like? Everybody. It's it's it gets lonely, but what I'm realizing is when one person moves out, God will move somebody else in that position. It may not be to the capacity that that person was. They may be like a purpose partner. Like I, I've, I've achieved a purpose partner. Once I let that person go, I mean, I met this person immediately. But it was like I had to let go. And what, and it's, it's strange because when I let her go and I had that conversation with her and told her that I wished her and her family well, it was like a big load off my shoulders. Just like, ah, I did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was able to see clearer with my vision and things I wanted to do with my life. And because I feel like I'm in the second or third quarter of my life and I don't want to be caught up in toxic, needless drama. I got a purpose. God has put me here to do something, several things and I need to do. And I can't I can't be sitting on the phone talking about nothing. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Because time waits for no one and everybody's going to have to give their own account. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to. So really tapping into that purpose. That yeah. God has planned for your life, and knowing that one day you, if, if things are well, you're gonna come face to face with Him, exactly. and He's gonna ask, "Hey, Rhonda, what was you doing?" Yeah. And He does not want to hear. See what had happened was <laughs> I was on the phone, my girl. You know, yeah. none of that is going to do well. Kudos for you. Kudos for you. So you. now I know that you have. Um, multiple businesses you've got your design business your event planning so let's start there because there are a lot of people who are listening that god's been tapping them on the shoulder he's giving them unique gifts and talents or maybe ideas or concepts but fear has prevented them from stepping out and starting that business or writing that book what was it for you that helped push you out there to start your business and tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah. I think what when I for one, I do have a couple of close friends that have I don't want to focus so much on the negative ones. I do have some that have been there for me, you know, from day one. And they would constantly say, you should do this or that because you're so good at this. So I've been hearing for years that I'm good with organizing events. I should consider starting my own business. And at the time, I was involved in a, a church, so I, I heard my pastor say, you know how God gives you s- several little clues? Yes, a stranger may come and say the same thing. So it's like confirmation. Mm-hmm. And so I just started doing little things. Um, I stepped out on faith again. And I just, I think I came up with a name. I just started making tiny little steps towards the business instead of trying to have it all together at once. Yes. Go get the name. Go get the EIN. Yes. Then I didn't have a website for a while. Then I just, you know, I just started building up on that. And over the course of years, it's basically fine tuning it and deciding what exactly I wanted to do. So although it's an event planning company, my focus isn't on weddings. That's that's the big money maker. But mm-hmm. that's not. That wasn't what I wanted to do with my business, my business. I wanted to host events that empower women. So yeah. one of those things is hosting an annual vision board party. I believe in creating your vision boards. I have a couple behind me (laughs) and uh, just charting your life through the vision boards. And I believe I love to travel. So I host an annual women's retreat every year to different countries. Of course, COVID put a stop on that, but yeah, I'm going to get back with doing that. Good for you. Yeah, it's just little steps, baby steps. 
That is so important because people want to go from zero to 10. And that's one of the things that disappoints because you can't take anything from zero to 10. Well, outside of God, just, you know, he can do anything. But in terms of us and our human frailties, but I love the fact that you just kept going. You paced Mm -hmm. yourself. And that's what I encourage people listening to do if there's something that they put on the shelf or that they've counted themselves out you know for just get started if it's writing just write just write just start writing write one page one chapter and just continue if it's like you said starting a business study uh read a book Find someone in that industry that you can be inspired by. Make the name. I mean, you know, all of these little things. So it's getting you closer and closer to your dreams. I think that that's, that's awesome. So let's turn our attention to the other side of your business. So I know about the events planning. And, uh, and I want to make sure, you know, when we conclude that you let listeners know how they can find you and take advantage of your services or come to your events that you okay. host. Um, but let's talk about the part of the business or the nonprofit side of the house that was uh, created in honor of your mother. Okay. So I've sat on the board of another nonprofit for several years. And I, to be honest, I never wanted to do my own nonprofit. <laughs> I just wanted to sit, stay in the background and just help them and, that was going to be my way of honoring my mom. Mm-hmm. During COVID, it was this strong inclination. Like, mm-hmm. why do you need to start your own nonprofit? And I was like, mm-hmm. no, I fought it. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to stay here. <laughs> and when I don't obey God, when he puts a, when he speaks to me, when I don't obey, I can't sleep. <laughs> I lose sleep. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I got to start my own nonprofit. I still drag my feet a little bit, of course. So, <laughs> so I went ahead and um, I came up with the name, got my EIN. I still sat on it for about a year. Mm-hmm. Then I started, you know, I think I called you and asked you, well, what do you, I think I want to start a nonprofit. And I heard what you had to say. And I was like, okay, I still just kind of sat on it. <laughs> but I would still just do a little bit of this and that until I figured out exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to honor her memory. And one of those things is uh, what we do, it's called Bella LeVay Goes Pink. And what we do is we gift breast cancer patients with mastectomy recovery items as they're going through the healing journey. That includes non-toxic makeup, skincare, alumina-free deodorant, mastectomy bras, mastectomy pillows. And those are some of the things that when my mom was going through breast cancer, we didn't know to do or go, you know, we were so focused on the sickness and the uh, the disease that we didn't, you know, we really didn't know how to help her or try to brighten her day with those things. So I want to do those things through our, my organization. And mm-hmm. so that's what, that's what we do. So if there is someone who unfortunately is going through that, mm-hmm. how do them or their families, do they reach out? Do you all select the families? How how is the match made? Well, the way that it's been going, everybody knows that I'm, you know, this breast cancer advocate. So people have been reaching out to me. You can email me at uh, Rhonda at BellaLuve.org. You can go to our website, send me a um, notification on the, on the form, contact form. But most within the last two weeks, I've had four phone calls from people that know people that have been diagnosed with breast cancer. 
Wow. This is from friends, coworkers, and people to just know that I have a nonprofit to assist breast cancer survivors. And let, and let me say this too. Another reason I was reluctant to start a nonprofit for breast cancer survivors, because there's other huge nonprofits that we know of that deal with breast cancer, right? right. So I was like, they don't need another one. But there's room for everybody. Everybody so, focuses on different things. Some focus on research. And there's so many uh, women that need help. And so that's why I want to be more of a small, a boutique, nonprofit, if you will. And just let the women know that we're here for them, to support them. And you don't get caught up in the, the politics of uh, breast cancer, if that makes sense. Most definitely. Yeah. And that's important because uh, one of my girlfriends, who you I think you know, Cynthia Harper, she talks about there's nothing new under the sun, mm -hmm. but the way that Rhonda's supposed to do it has mm -hmm. not yet been done. Yeah. I think I'm giving that. I, something like that. She says it real fancy, but really, you know, that can stop people oftentimes because they look around and they see other people doing it and they count themselves out, not knowing that there's enough room at the table for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the, the niche that God has given you, he's got an audience waiting for you and they're yes. the ones that he's assigned to you and you're exactly. the answer prayer for them. So good. Yeah. Good. Kudos for you. Now, yes. let me ask if there are people listening who want to help support the work that you do, how can people, in addition to donating, because everybody can use some donation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you do you ever need extra hands to? Yes. So we, so, so, so we do need volunteers for the different events. We go to different health expos to talk about breast cancer. Um, awareness at the different health fairs and expos. And again, if you visit the website, www.bellalevay.org, there's a contact form there. If you want to make a donation, there's a donation button there. You can donate um, quarterly, annually, monthly, or one-time donation. You know, no amount is too big or too small. So, any, you know, your money will help. So, all right. So y'all heard it here. And if anybody is listening, I always like to say this because people listen to this podcast on the go. So if you're driving, don't you worry. You can visit our website and get all of her information. Uh, or if you if you're you can also read, read, listen to the rebroadcast and share it with someone. Yeah. It's on YouTube and then all of the, the where you find your podcast. So um, in closing, Miss Rhonda, this has been a, a joy um, to have you here. So you've shared the ways that people can get involved. Um, can people learn about both sides of the house at that website? They can. And I want I want to share this too. Mm -hmm. um, we as black women are can be somewhat reluctant when it, when it comes to talking about self-breast exams and mammograms. Sometimes I'm met with resistance when I'm at these different health expos. I've met a couple of ladies within the last month. Two of them haven't had a mammogram in over two years. We have to be proactive with our health. Most definitely. Check your breasts. Choose a day of the month, favorite day of the month. Check your breasts regularly because early detection is key. The earlier the, the lump and the cysts can be detected and they can determine if there's if it's cancerous or not that can save your life i would like to see where women you know how we talk about purses and going shopping and movies i would like for, for us to have like accountability partners 
Hey, girl, mm -hmm. you checked your breast this week? I know it's like yeah. a taboo type subject, but if we could hold ourselves accountable just to hold our girlfriend, our sister, our cousin accountable to doing her regular breast exams, I think that would make a big difference. I love that. So yeah. important. And especially from what I understand in the black and brown community, sometimes the cancer can be more aggressive or there can be different types of breast cancer yeah. that show up among women of color. And I don't think they really even know why that is, but we have to be um, very intentional and we've got to advocate for ourselves. And that even means for anyone listening, if you know your body more than better than anybody. Yeah. And so you being in tune and even if you go to a doctor that says oh well, no no big thing if you have to get a second or even a yeah. third opinion yeah better that than to put your your life in the hands of someone else so exactly. yeah and yeah. then also let me just say this for those like us Rhonda who are mothers yeah again we model for our kids. So exactly. you taking care of yourself as your daughter's bodies are developing. Let's take, let's take the, the, you know, the, let's pull the curtain back and <laughs> remove the taboo nature of this and teach yeah. our girls how to care for their bodies and advocate for themselves and to get in tune with themselves. So nothing like modeling it uh for for those coming up so exactly as black people we tend to be secretive and keep secrets and we're taught that keep secrets but with our health if there's a history of breast cancer which there is in my family mm -hmm. i can't afford to be quiet and not let my daughter know hey, you need to check your breasts you know i have two nieces and so it's a very strong presence in our family so i'm very vocal about it and i encourage anyone else if you have if there's anyone in your family that has breast cancer you need to be proactive with your breast health all right. Well, thank you for those those words of wisdom. Now, I do have one quick question that I did not get to ask. Tell me about the name of your business. How did you? I love it. What does it mean? So, my mother, so Bella, my mother's name is Theola Isabella. Theola Isabella Spratt. So I took Bella. Mm -hmm. And Lavey is L-U-V-E is my dad. I lost my dad to ALS. So I put my mother's and my dad's name together. And ironically, in Spanish, it means beautiful love. I didn't know that, but it means wow. beautiful love. Because <laughs> a lot of people say Bella Love, they they mispronounce it. Uh -huh. But it's it's my dad's first name, LaBelle. Wow. <laughs> beautiful. I, I've known about the businesses, but I never had a chance to ask that question. So yeah. well, continued success to you. And again, for the listeners, you all, if you're, if you're watching us, you can look down below where you'll be able to find all of the contact information for my dear Miss Rhonda Spratt. And if you have not taken advantage and added my newest book to your collection, The Tale of Ten Crowns, you can also find that information below or visit She's Crowned with Confidence to get your copy today. So you can make sure you keep your crown of confidence securely <laughs> anchored on your head. All right. Yeah. So thank you again, Rhonda, for, for joining me. And uh, to oh, the thank listeners. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And to our listeners, catch us next time. Don't forget to share and subscribe. And we'll catch you next week for another episode of She's Crowned with Confidence. Bye. <laughs>
for tuning in to She's Crowned with Confidence with Dr. Nicole Steele, the Confidence Coach. This Confidence Cast has been brought to you in part by Diamond in the Rough Youth Development Program and Gym Makers LLC. For more information on this podcast, previous episodes, programs, or products, simply visit she'scrownwithconfidence.com or therealnicolesteel.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TheRealNicoleSteel. Thank you.